right, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Beers, Business, and Balls. Tuesday, May 26th. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you. This was supposed to be one of the biggest weekends for travel in the United States. And now there's nothing. Everybody's home. I'm sure you're listening to this at home instead of on a beach in Newport or uh, Montauk or the Cape or New Jersey or wherever the hell you normally find yourself. I'm sad. I'm sad I'm in Monroe, Connecticut for Memorial Day weekend. I think I was in Newport last year. Uh, That's, I don't know where I was, but I'm really sad that I don't even have the option now. Uh, Will Tondo joins me on the other side. My name is Jake. Uh, Will, I've got a question for you. Let's hear it. Guess how many departures are leaving JFK today? Like, guess how many planes are flying out of John F. Kennedy Airport in New York today? I mean, I think the usual is anywhere from like 750 to 800 a day. Right. Your airport. Average is 800 a day, if this helps you decide. I mean, just with like Corona going on and everything, maybe less than 50. 27 planes are scheduled to leave JFK. There's 800, and it probably would have been more because it's Memorial Day weekend. There's 27 planes scheduled to leave. That sucks. But on the bright side, um, I feel like a broken record, but we're moving in the right direction. Uh, Some things are reintroducing themselves into the economy. Hospitality is sort of getting back on its feet. Travel will get there eventually, but here we are. Yes, here we are. Happy freaking Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I we, mean, it, 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 it's a celebratory weekend, but obviously the real purpose is to, you know, uh, remember those who served for us and, you know, just the basis of, you know, the United States and wartime actions and stuff. But again, everyone still likes to cel- uh, celebrate and enjoy warm weather and grill some hot dogs and hamburgers and go to the beach. But hopefully, hopefully this weekend doesn't fuck up flattening the curve or whatever that means anymore. I, who knows? Because we've got all these medical professionals saying, let's stay inside. Like we talked about last week on the podcast, stay inside, let's flatten this curve and we'll, we'll get back out there. The curve's flattened. So <laughs> and now, Fauci's say, now Fauci's saying, Oh, well, staying inside too long is like really bad damage. And it might, like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, and it's, I get it. I get it, but it's whatever, whatever. Dave whatever. Portnoy uh, of Barstool Sports went on his Instagram the other day and he went on one of his rants. You know, I, I liked his first one. This one was a little bit too much. The one in reaction to Fauci now saying that, oh, well, if we stay inside, it's going to be detrimental to everything too. What the hell? What the hell is he talking about? I think. Maybe, and this could just be not knowing the situation, but what it sounds like is that he is understanding finally that you can't just expect Americans to stay inside their entire lives. And for this to go on forever, I think his comments were taken out of context because the first time around when he said, you know, we're going to have to stay inside for a while, all these Americans are like, oh, well, he's a medical professional. Of course, he's going to say that. And then a couple of weeks later, he goes, well, you know, speaking for the general goodwill of people you should start to resume your life what the fuck pick a lane if you're going to be the doctor then be the doctor if you're going to be a politician 
and uh, you know an official or acting like an elected official pretty much and do that don't do both that's um, your rant of the day for me i'm, yeah, I'm done, done with the we're negativity done we're done talking <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it'll, it'll come up with different things in business and balls but just the virus itself and political and politics we're done i i agree with that and what better way to introduce our uh our episode seven and to relieve a little bit of stress with an ice cold beer will tondo why don't you lead us in our weekly cheers we are cheersing to memorial day weekend try to get outside uh support any local business that you can whether it's takeout food or wine and beer to go just help them out um spend time with your friends and family if you can and if you can't just give them a call just to check up but the weather's getting warm so time to get our tans on and relax a little bit i am drinking another beer today from long live beer works shameless plug one of our favorites but it's pyramid scheme it's a nice juicy ipa uh hazy i believe there's citra in it i don't remember off the top of my head because i don't have the can uh, another one that I just love anytime that they produce one of my favorites in their arsenal. So four, two, five. I love it. Enjoyed a nice lobster roll with it and just kicking off and cheers into the weekend. I forgot your beer was called pyramid scheme for a second. I'm like, why the hell are you saying pyramid scheme and long live in the same <laughs> sentence They're You know, let's back off. We love long live, but pyramid schemes, a great beer. They've got a cool can. I think they, canned that back in January to my knowledge when we went for your birthday which is at the end of January and we dragged a bunch of our friends there and we probably left with combined between you know the 10 15 of us whatever I'm sure we left with like probably north of 50 cans yeah we we sold them out I love when they do the mixed cans I believe it's on Sundays just because I think more breweries should do that. That's just like a side topic is like being able to do mixed four packs um, just to be able to, you know, experience all different beers. Like when I go to a brewery that I haven't been to, I love getting a flight just so I can be able to try, you know, four five, six, seven different beers. Um, so I like when they do the mixed four packs, but yeah, we took out pyramid scheme. Uh, what was the other one that they had? Not cryptocurrency, but it was something crypto, crypto. They, right. Yep. Or cryoberries. 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 That's a good beer. Uh, we'll, and that's the beer that I want to be drinking June, July, August. That New England, real thick, hazy, uh, juicy IPA. You know, that, that's my style. Uh, I'm switching it up a little bit this week. I'm going something that is kind of ironic. It's the complete opposite of what I just said. Um, new beer. Again, Two Roads, uh, Stratford, Connecticut. We Demon can is pretty cool it's got a little devil on there 95 calorie ipa if you're wondering oh jake that doesn't sound like a lot of alcohol it's because there's really not a lot of alcohol 3.8 percent abv um little citra little simcoe but not too much i enjoyed this i picked it up because i i usually get the heavy shit from two roads i usually get the um you know double ipas that are in the six to nine percent range so this was definitely something that i wanted to try um, two roads, in my opinion, did not have a great lager the last time that we, uh, that was, I think the first beer that we even reviewed from two roads on this. Um, so I wanted to give them another shot with an IPA. This was pretty good. It was better. Um, I'm giving it a three, seven, five. Um, 
it poured really nicely and it's a very light beer to drink again 95 calories so you kind of know what you're walking into and most beers are you know two two fifty especially the craft shit we like to drink so um this was good i i hope two roads decides to go down this road a little bit more and we'll have to see what these guys are coming out with yes and then also we have another submission from a good friend of ours nick ankatel uh, he's in Rhode Island too, working for a company, and he always sends us different beers. So shout out to Nick, and he sent us over Toppling Goliath Brewing Company Dragon Fandango, and it's brewed with mango, passion fruit, and dragon fruit. It's a sour. Uh, the brewery's from Iowa. I definitely want to check this out because it had that beautiful, bright, um, pinkish color, and I, I'm a sucker for a good sour. So shout out to Nick for that. And I can't wait to try it. Good stuff. Um, keep them coming. We, we want to, if you can get us a beer to review that is very uh, obscure in this area, send it to us. We'll, we'll get you back. Good. If you have a recommendation on a beer around the New England area or the Northeast that you think we should pick up, we'll just go and get it. So drop us a line, send us a DM on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll take good care of you from there. Let's hop in now to business, a couple of things um, that were pretty hot topic. Um, this is news from a couple of weeks ago, but it's since gaining some traction. Um, Apple came out with the iPhone SE, like Sam Echo, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had heard rumblings about this. I hadn't really caught myself up to speed on what Apple was doing necessarily. Um, but basically, it's a cheap option of an iPhone for people who need the phone. They don't want to spend the, you know, 800 or a thousand bucks for that iPhone 11 or iPhone 10 uh, R or anything like that. Um, it's really gotten good reviews so far. The people are out reviewing it now. It's been a few weeks in production or by, I should say out in the market. Um, I think personally that, well, so before I go into what I think, Basically, it's the same as the other phones, it's just smaller, and there's only one camera. Um, there are a couple of different um, things in the internal that make it different. So they have like a different processor. Basically, it's just slower, and there's one camera, and it's smaller. So if it's doing all the same shit that the iPhone does, Will, I think that this is probably going to be a great option for people. Yeah, I mean, I definitely consider it a good work phone, especially for companies um, now that a lot of companies are moving to fully remote and, you know, people are not going to want to start using their own phones or you know, they're going to need to start making more phone calls and they might not have the ability via computer if you're calling different landlines and stuff and yada, yada, yada. But again, if you're not taking a lot of photos and you just need the basic model and it has all the same processing as Apple, uh, the other iPhones with that Apple offers, I think it could be a great option. It'll probably sell well, um, too. I, I really think that it's, you make a great point about work and that's something that I didn't even consider because there's a lot of people that have two phones. Um, and honestly, it entirely depends on what you're doing with it too. If you're going and, you know, just making phone calls, then why the hell would you waste your money on an iPhone 11? But if you're going to be doing some, you know, uh, like editing of videos and stuff or audio like we're doing on our phones or taking a bunch of pictures like we're doing on our phones. It's not the phone for you. Yeah, then exactly right. Um, we also need a phone as a younger generation that's a lot faster. You know, those 40, 50, 60-year-old market that are like kind of late in their careers, they can just 
take a work phone, Google everything on their computer. They don't need to be constantly taking in content now. So I personally think it's a, a good option. And I think um, Apple's stock has actually reflected in that pretty well too. They, they, they're having a, a nice week and a nice overall couple of weeks, I should say too. And going into that, we had um, a different topic right away, but I kind of want to transition to this because you know, you mentioned Apple stock and Apple was doing very well in their phone industry. But one thing that they're not targeting well is the podcast industry. And Barstool CEO Erica Nardini mentioned this after Joe Rogan just signed an exclusive lucrative deal with Spotify over $100 million. And also with all the drama with Call Her Daddy and their IP and all of that stuff. It just shows that in regards to, you know, the music and the listening experience industry that Apple is sort of lacking while Spotify is taking over. I, Spotify yeah. Is, Spotify has some big deals. Uh, obviously, they are owners of Anchor. So Anchor is the podcast producing platform. They also offer... <laughs> Be uh, careful now. The, the sponsor segment's at the beginning. Be careful. <laughs> well, again, it's all good news. It's all good stuff. But I mean, Spotify purchased the rights to the Obama... I forgot what platform or what um, production they're doing, but the Obamas are making something. I believe they also have the ringer with Bill Simmons. Like they're making a lot of moves and Apple is just not reflecting on that with the podcast industry. So it'll be interesting to see, but yes, Joe Rogan made that huge deal. Uh, good for him. I mean, the Joe Rogan experience is such an incredible podcast and just listening experience and video experience that he has. So I always enjoy listening to that. And then, I mean, Call Her Daddy, I've never been a huge fan, but listening to the numbers that they had, they walked away from $500,000 from Barstool. $500,000, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, and, and that's a whole separate. I mean, we could probably have a podcast about the reaction to that too, which so many people are doing, and we're not hopping in on that. Fuck that. People talking. There are podcasts out there that strictly – exist to just talk about the barstool people and it's like what what are you doing um that in and of itself is um that whole drama is very bizarre um obviously came out that you know they walked away from 500 grand um did a little research into it and we found out that um you know according to the ceo of barstool sports they are making they're they're basically directly responsible for 35% of the company's uh, revenue from that bucket. So I get the argument, pay them like athletes, you know? Um, but the, I don't necessarily hate that they're getting 500 grand is what I'm trying to say. Oh, um, no, no. And, and we'll, it, we'll leave that at that because I don't really want to talk too much about caller daddy, but um, it, it, going back to the podcast arena in general, you know, JRE leaving um, Apple Music is absolutely huge. Joe Rogan experience is number one and has been number one for years on different streaming platforms. They've teetered around with a few other podcasts. I mean, like you said, The Ringer with Simmons is a big one. Um, but it, it comes down to what are these guys getting for making this streaming platform million, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue? Right. And getting so many listeners, what does that come down to eventually? So clearly Spotify calls up JRE and says, what, what are we doing here? What, what is it going to take to get you to come over here? And you're going to see a lot more of that in the coming years as the podcast industry um, 
becomes more of a rocket ship. I, I took classes at Bryant that we were talking about, you know, sociology of the human population in America. Think about when you were a kid. You wanted to be a firefighter or an astronaut or a, a paleontologist. You know how many kids out there are saying they want to be podcast hosts when they grow up or YouTube stars? I'll Not tell you what. It's a, it's a yeah, or twerking on TikTok. It is a shit ton of them. They are – you don't see the whole firefighter, astronaut, race car driver stuff anymore. They want to be podcast hosts, and they want to be on TikTok, or they want to be on social media. You're going to see a ton of this as this influencer market um, you know, really starts to skyrocket in the next few years. And, I mean, when you look at different personalities, you know, for example, like David Dobrik or like Addison Ray, like, yeah – you know, they have whatever, if you want to call entertaining videos, but it's not much talent. And they're making millions to chill in LA and just play on their phones and record videos. And again, call it, and they call it the hype house and all this stuff. It's like, great. <laughs> and again, like no disrespect to them. I think, you know, if you're good at something and you get famous on something like that's power to you, that's awesome. I just find it mind boggling that, you know, that they're making that much money and that the people are just like feeding into it. And it's like, it's just, it's crazy because they, you know, everyone always makes the argument. It's like, Oh, athletes get paid too much just to play, you know, ball and stuff. And that's like a whole separate argument, you know, like obviously like the money in different leagues is very uncomparable between like baseball and basketball and the NFL and stuff. But like people are literally just dancing on their phones and like saying one ad read and making 500,000 to a million dollars. Yeah. I, <laughs> It's nuts. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, the virality and the whole rise to social media fame. We didn't even introduce our guest too for later on. Um, founder of Board Brackets on Instagram, Mark Dyer, a fellow uh, Bryant grad too. We're going to be talking about this a little bit later with him. Not exactly, you know, this whole influencer market, but we're going to talk about, you know, what it actually takes to to run social media and to have a viral account, you know, so I think that will tie in nicely down the road. Um, but the bottom line is that if anyone had any doubts about how well this influencer market is uh, coming along, shame on you. Uh, it is fully, uh, it, it's in full swing. That's all we've got on that one for yeah. sure. So transitioning into different business news, and this is a big one before we talk about the stock market, uh, the things that are taking place in Hong Kong. So obviously there has been protests for many, many different years and, for those of you who don't know, Hong Kong is a major city in China, but it's also its own autonomous city. So they kind of just run uh, separately between, uh, separately than the communist China. And that's just because of the terms of one country, two systems. So the concept was kind of intended to help Hong Kong, Taiwan, and other uh, sovereign China positions preserving their unique and political economic system. So they wanted to independently run their own economy. And it obviously worked out very well for them because Hong Kong is a huge global financial uh, shipping center. And it actually like in the terms of GDP in the world's economy ranks second. Um, and that's just like percent it, like just like between trade and different trade percentages. So they have, low taxes, they have a high developed financial system, and it's just an attractive market overall compared to mainland China. But China now, the Communist Party, is starting to become reluctant, and they don't want Hong Kong to develop its own full-fledged democracy. 
So the Communist Party is trying to impose huge security sanctions to remove it. And obviously that resulted to protests over the few years because it's been a conversation, but now those conversations are becoming reality. But the even bigger problem is, is the economic implications in the near future, especially with the U.S. because they have a special, Hong Kong has a special status under U.S. law. So there's going to be some huge problems within the stock market and the world economy in the near future. Right. Um, the, the really intriguing part about this is there, these protests, as you and I were talking about off the podcast earlier, um, they haven't really been, they're not new. They've been around for a while. You know, Hong Kong and China's relationship has been pretty rocky over the past year or so. Um, now, with the addition of sanctions, this is where it gets to, this is where it start to get, starts to get pretty murky. Um, I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, what the effects are um, or what they're going to be. I think that point on special status in the U.S. is definitely pretty interesting. So, um with Chinese tensions uh, with America as bad as they are already, um, well, not really as bad, but just as um, they're, they're tense um, with everything going on. I mean, when you have a president that's basically blaming them for the start of uh, a global pandemic, you know, that, that obviously can't be good for um, either side's success. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching this. Um, and we'll have to see if this affects the market or anything like that too. We'll definitely have to see. I mean, just from reading a brief overview of like who's being impacted. Obviously, um, Alibaba is taking big hits. And just looking at the numbers overall, I mean, the U.S. foreign direct investment in Hong Kong stood at $82.5 billion as late of 2018. That's a fuck ton of money. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money. And the U.S. is going to have to force themselves to take a stance on this either way, I think. Um, and one side's not going to like it. And you have to think, I almost feel like they would have to side with, well, I was going to say China, but I don't know, because you never know uh, what kind of decision, what kind of mood Donald Trump's going to wake up in uh, on a morning and just say, fuck Hong Kong or, um, you but know. But it's not necessarily hell. Hong Kong's problem. It's China sweeping over Hong Kong. Right. No, I, I understand that. I think the U.S. is going to be, just like the way the United States is where we have to dip our fingers into everything though, you know, Hong Kong or somebody's going to come crying to us, one of the two and saying, can you guys please, you know, make a decision on who you're going to support so that, you know, the general public knows what's going on. Um, I, and that's a, an area that I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I think it entirely depends on Trump's mood when he, when he has to make that decision, to be honest with you. It sounds so silly, but I think that's probably going to end up like that. No, definitely. So moving into the stock market, as we're already talking about it, uh, it's continuing to boom. You know, it's looking to starting to recover accordingly. It's having another great week. Uh, both Jake and I did very well in Penn, as Penn National Gaming is back to $30. And they mentioned that, this was now the number that took place when the original acquisition with Barstool took place in February. So it's nice to see them move in. I wish I optioned the stocks. I really wish I did, but that's <laughs> all right. But a company that's doing really well, again, a little bit more expensive, but definitely to take a look at is Facebook. They had, they reached an all time high in their shares this week. They're trading at around $235. So again, a little bit on the higher end, but 
with quarantine and with this, obviously across all social networks, Facebook is experiencing more users and more usage time. Their ad revenue per users is growing immensely. And they're also said to be launching new VR products just for future revenue growth. So it's definitely something to check out. I mean, Zuckerberg has a shuffling of his, what he calls lieutenants in his company, you know, different business leaders to help improve Facebook as a whole. Obviously, a lot has changed since the 2016 election when there was some sus stuff going on. You know, nobody really knows, but there's obviously a lot of politics involved with that. And he spoke in front of the Senate a few times, but Facebook's looking like a hot stock right now. Yeah. And for that reason, Facebook's the stock of the week. Um, they, they had a great week. In addition to all of what you just said, we haven't even touched, you know, the reason why that there was just more investor confidence this week. And it was the employees can work from home forever. Forever. They don't have to go back into the office. And I read a, a really uh, interesting take on this. A lot of people are going to move away from Silicon Valley. A lot of people are going to drive the real estate costs down in those places because they're not working there. Um, places like Austin, Texas, on the come up, real estate's going to come back down. I would argue even Boston too. You know, a lot of people moved out to Boston and said, here you go, I'm starting my family here because this is where, where my company is. If they move from somewhere in like the Midwest, they're probably going right back over the next two years. There's no reason to for these people who are, um, you know, trying to save a little bit of money to not uh, to stay where they are if it's not what they want to do. They can go do it. And Facebook was the first one to say, yes, here you go. You guys can work wherever you want. Don't come back into the office if you don't want to forever. It's not like they have to. There's a certain date where they have to come back. So a lot of big companies followed suit after that. I think. You're going to see that a lot more often. I, I know there's some news um, in, in New England about some companies shifting around uh, that's going to be coming up, um, you know, over the next months. I'm sure a lot of companies are going to be opting for more of that model. So I, I'm very pleased with Facebook. I wish I owned their stock. I don't because it's expensive, but it's the stock of the week. They, If we're talking performance, they're were a lot of good performers this week, but I think uh, none more high profile uh, than Facebook. Definitely. So that was our business segment. Obviously, a lot of great stuff to keep in the back of your head with the stock market and different news going on. So we're looking forward to next week, too, as we have a great guest who is very familiar in the business and the stock market industry. TikTok famous. We're not going to release names now, but keep a lookout on that. Uh, this gentleman is just very, very smart. And, and it's not it's not Charlie D'Amelio, unfortunately. So. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day. But he breaks down the stock market and breaks down business endeavors so the common man kind of can understand. And that's what we want to try to do as well is there's some people that get business and understand the trends in the stock market and understand investing. And a lot of people don't, which is totally fine. It's a very complex um, concept to understand. I mean, we even, even don't even fully understand it. You know, we're just basing it off our business backgrounds and what we've studied upon and just you know, reaching out to other people. So definitely take a look into that. But now we're going to head into the ball segment. And there is a lot of news in sports. And like Jake mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we're on the come up. Sports will be back. It's not going to be if sports comes back. It's sports are coming back. 
Yeah, this is good. Sports are coming back quicker than we think. Um, well, let me rephrase. It was quicker than the second version of what we thought sports would come back. I mean, everyone, the first time around was like, oh, we need a couple of weeks. And then it was, oh, you know, maybe maybe a month or two. And then then everyone was like, shit, they're never happening. But they are. So we're, we're back to mm-hmm. that middle ground. Um, NHL first, we've got... Um, the, the Players Association basically voted in the NHL to move forward with a couple of different playoff scenarios here. There was one that, that is the big one uh, that is the one that actually got approved, and that's the 24-team playoff. Um, <laughs> this is intriguing because there are – I think it's either 30 or 32. I, I don't know in the NHL. Um it's one of those, but 24 teams. I mean, that's about three quarters of the league, pretty much going to the playoffs. I, I believe it's just uh, a bracket pretty much of, you know, eliminated and you're done. You've got the bracket in front of you though, right? Yes. Yeah, so the way they laid it out is the top four seeds are based on uh, points percentage. So this is when the season ended, the teams that are listed, like, like the standings that took place. They're not going to play any more regular season games. It's going to be straight to the Stanley Cup. So the top four seeds are in the East is Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia. And then the top four seeds in the West are St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. So these top four seeds would receive a bye through the play-in, but they would participate in a three-game tournament to get action, like a round robin. Would also, And this, that would pretty much determine their seeding. The rest of the playoffs would be bracketed in both conferences. So the five seed would play the 12. Then the winner would play the four seed. Six versus 11, that winner plays the three. Seven versus 10, that winner plays the two. And eight versus nine, that winner plays the top seed. So it's definitely a complicated seeding method. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, we don't know if they're going to play in the U.S. There's, there was talks that they might play in like the Czech Republic, um, move them all overseas. But right now, if we're looking at the bracket, so the play-in rounds would be the Maple Leafs versus the uh, Maple Leafs versus Dallas, Penguins versus the Blackhawks, Islanders versus the Panthers, Hurricanes versus the Rangers, uh, Calgary versus they don't have the number on here. This is all. See, CBS put this out, but didn't even, like, complete it. So that's just, like, confusing. Not for the brand. It's not user-friendly. Not user-friendly. <laughs> but it's a, it's a proposed 2014 playoff. We'll see if it actually takes place. I mean, the guys want to play. NHL wants to play. Everyone wants to play. All sports wants to play. So I'm okay with them playing a 24-seat bracket. I mean, it sucks for the other eight teams to pretty much say, like, hey, you know, we had our shot. But if you're on the bottom of the bracket anyway and, like, there's only a few more weeks left of NHL. There's very few Cinderella stories of teams coming back in that aspect. So again, it's something. A couple of issues with this. You get the first, um, I think the more obvious issue here is the same thing that we were talking with hubs about a couple of weeks ago was if you play in a, a single elimination tournament, you know, five games max and you win the Stanley cup, can you call yourself a Stanley cup champion because you won five games in a row? I don't think uh, uh, my meter right now is no, you cannot do that. So that's issue number one. Number two, if it's going to be more of like that round robin style uh, versus, you know, just trying to get guys some action as well. 
Um, why the hell would you let the other eight teams just sit on their ass? It's, might as well do a full, a full league. That's my thing, because if you're going to pick one side of it, which is the first part of my argument, it's, all right, are we doing this for an actual Stanley Cup? Or are we going to do this for, you know, as a way to get guys action and to get them, you know, playing hockey and, you know, less about the title and all that stuff. I don't care either way, but pick a damn side and stick to it. You can't be teetering in the middle. So if it's a Stanley Cup, you know, hey, the winner of this is going to be crowned the Stanley Cup. Fuck the other teams. Take the top four that you were going to give buys anyway. Let them duke it out. You know, play the five or seven game series in Czech Republic. And whoever wins that is a rightful owner to the Stanley Cup because they won, you know, however many games in the playoffs. Uh, what? Like, I think they probably, if my math is correct, it's either 12 or like 14 they have to win at that point. If they're just going to get the guys action, then don't call it the Stanley Cup. It's the 2020 season. I don't care what you call it, but it's not the Stanley Cup. And you better believe that those eight teams that are not in it are going to be very pissed off. That's where I stand right now. Now, next week, this all could change, and I could be like, yeah, this is a great plan. <laughs> but that's the world we live in. They just need to start picking. And I guarantee you, the commissioner of the NHL, Gary Bettman, he's a fucking asshole. So he he's not going to do either of those things that I just said. He's going to hop right in the middle. But that's my wish list for the NHL. And I definitely agree with you with all those points. But also, like, with sports, it's whatever team just catches hot. And to segue into baseball, kind of like last season, I mean, the Washington Nationals were pretty much laughed at. They're like, oh, you know, they made it to the wild card after a hot month of August and September, but they're not doing much. And then they fucking tore up the playoffs and then won the World Series. So it kind of just shows, like, whatever team gets hot, I mean, I do agree that you can't really call it the Stanley Cup if it's not finished and, like, formatted correctly and everything, but whatever team catches that spark and just rides with it, they're going to win. And people forget the Nationals were – they were down by three runs in the eighth inning of the wild card game to the Brewers. Brewers Yeah, the Brewers were the the clear favorite in that game. Um, And they just got lucky. A couple of errors happened, and the Nationals won. Next thing you know, it's all – Nationals versus Dodgers going to be a bloodbath, right? The Dodgers are going to kick their ass. Then they beat the Dodgers. And then it's like, oh, the Cardinals are sure definitely going to be the ones to stop them. Nope. <laughs> they go right on. They caught fire at the right time. You're exactly right. And then they, thank God, beat the Houston Astros in seven games. So it's one of those things that you're exactly right. It's whoever catches hot. Um, and I'd hate for that to happen with the NHL or the NBA or whatever, whatever sport comes back. I think you have baseball. That's okay. They're in an okay position because they won't really run into that. It's going to be July before we start seeing games realistically. And even still, you've got some time, you've got some time to figure out what's working and you can, um, there's, there's time to make those adjustments so that that doesn't happen in baseball. And talking about baseball. So they're, having the conversations about restarting baseball. And there's been a lot of controversy with this because they would pretty much say like first week of June, you know, we have like a abbreviated spring training and then they would start 4th of July weekend. And obviously the players are pissed because one, I mean, one, there is no revenue right now, especially if it's going to be fanless. So the teams are obviously struggling. Everyone's like, Oh, but they're a professional baseball team, but they're also an organization. They're a company and the company has no money. So how are they going to pay these players? But on the other argument is the players want to get paid for what they're doing. 
how can you tell a guy like, you know, and you can't even make this argument. You have these players like Garrett Cole and Mike Trout that have these huge lucrative contracts and yeah, they get, they get a share and it's like, whatever, you know, they're still making like tens of twenties of hundreds of millions of dollars. But then you have these other players who are on like their rookie contracts making like 650,000. So now you're telling me a team that's in a play, you know, a powerhouse team that probably will make the playoffs or even farther. You're going to tell players who are key members of that team. Oh yeah. You're only going to probably be making like 150, 200,000, which again, it's not chump change, but, they're fighting any way to make their, their ends meet to like prove for that future contract. So there's been arguments about that, but the rules that they have to reopen baseball, it's, it's hard to say because I just want to watch baseball and I want this to happen, but some of the things are just becoming crazy. You're, you're going to need masks in the dugouts and you need to sit far apart. They're going to have to sanitize the balls. They're telling pitchers to bring their own balls, which makes no sense. Like, what do we play in high school ball where you throw it to the backstop and just get it thrown right back to you? Um, no seeds, no tobacco, no gum, no spitting, no celebrations, no handshakes. They even said no fighting, but that's already a rule anyway. <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff to make this work. And I think, I don't think the players are going to vote. I really do think that the players are going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to call this a season and start fresh in 2021. I think that, well, first of all, the fact that tobacco and fighting are on those lists is hilarious because those have been banned for a while, but those still happen. Dude, we saw was packing chaw dogs. You took the words right out of my mouth. It was as earlier as recently as last year that he just, you'd see him and uh, like so many other guys on the mound. Did you see Gary Sheffield Jr.'s uh, tweet? He's like, if no tobacco were a rule, my dad and CeCe would not be playing right now. So, <laughs> they were packing massive heaters. Yeah, and, and Gary Sheffield was – he had about a foot long, as I put my uh, <laughs> my lip out on the Zoom here. You could clearly see in Gary Sheffield and so many other guys. I mean, that it's even now still a problem, but it's funny that that's on that list is my point. I don't think in relation to what you just said about – that all of these restrictions are necessarily going to be the ones to take the players out. I think what they are, what's going to doom this baseball season is greed. I think if anything prevents this season from happening, it's going to be the argument between the owners and the players over how much they're getting paid. It's that simple. You know, if they're getting paid their full amount for what they're doing and, and adequately rendering services for the MLB, then they, they'll make this stuff happen. And God knows the restrictions are going to ease up a little bit down the road. I think, you know, they just need to have a plan in place, which is good. But at the same time, if they're paying them, this season's going to happen. I think that's the bottom line here. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. But he was even getting even further. I mean, they were talking about, you know, which I think that, like, if you take the payment out of it, and this is the argument, they're talking about, there's going to be no availability to showers, pools, saunas, um, cryotherapy, massage therapists, whatever it might be. Like these players are going to now, okay, take less money, whatever. If they really want to play baseball, they'll play baseball. They take the less money, but now they're putting their bodies on the line to not have this preparation and this post-game strategy and relaxation and like, everything i mean what they're not gonna like what are they not supposed to use gyms <laughs> you know it's it's a good question it's a good question so 
we'll have to see on that. In other news with sports returning, the NBA is now beginning to open facilities. I saw somewhere that, you know, LA even is beginning to open facilities as soon as June 1st. So it looks like there's going to be a season and it's possibly going to return to either Las Vegas or Disney resorts. So Disney obviously has the capabilities, um, you know, because they own ESPN. So they have the facilities and everything, but it might be in Disney, which could be pretty cool. So I don't know what kind of format they're going to do. If they're going to finish the regular season, if they're going to have some kind of leeway period to get players into shape. I mean, just talks around the league from different players being open there. Like some people haven't even touched the basketball. Yeah. If you, and I'm the same way as what I just said about the NHL. If you're going to play the season and crown an NBA finals champion, then you better be playing a damn playoff. You better be having a ruthless seven game series for four games. And if I, I understand people don't agree with me and I, I understand your argument, <laughs> don't get me wrong. You know, it's not safe. You know, all the stuff people are making playoff runs fine. Then if that's the route we want to go, great, let's do it. Just don't call it the NBA champion. Cause they're not at that point. So, and like, if they're playing at Disney world, uh, wide world of sports in Florida, then they're probably going to be playing like it, it's going to be like summer league, which, Hey, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. I, this is not me saying that sports shouldn't come back. I'm saying that there needs to be a decision to be made on both of these sports in particular to say either. Yes, we're going to do a playoff round and it's going to be the NBA champion or the Stanley cup champion, or it is going to be our attempt to salvage a season. Done. That's all we need. I think that's all we need as consumers of the sport. Exactly. So we're going to keep a lookout on that with all the leagues. And then closing out, we'll talk about the NFL. Um, all the rookie camps have been virtual, obviously. And I don't know what you, I mean, you can talk about playbooks and you talk about strategies, so all of that. And then I believe, I don't know if they're opening up anytime soon. Maybe I heard possibly June 15th for facilities and stuff. We'll have to take a look at the, into that deeper. So football is obviously, you know, not really starting, you know, games until August for preseason and stuff. But one thing we wanted to mention were obviously there's still some big name players that haven't signed yet. You know, we have Jadavian Clowney and you have um, Griffin on the Vikings. Like there's a lot of players that still haven't signed, but the big, obviously your captain of your offense is the quarterback. And recent news shows that Joe Flacco just signed with the Jets. <laughs> It'll be a backup. I mean, guy was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, did nothing with the Broncos. Obviously, he had to get traded after Lamar Jackson just became a baller. But he becomes the Jets' backup, and the Jags land their backup in Gruden's guy, Glennon, big neck. <laughs> but there's also a lot of free agent quarterbacks still in the market. Probably not starters, but – backups I mean Jameis Winston just signed with the Saints and Andy Dalton just signed with the Cowboys so the ones that we uh, brought out were Cam Newton I mean again former uh, NFL MVP Blake Bortles Sam Bradford Brock Eisweiler and Kaepernick are the most realistic and I'm putting it out there as just realistic options that teams should look at for backup quarterbacks Sam Bradford and Brock Osweiler, those guys made so much fucking money. I would just say call it quits and go get an analyst job, in my opinion. But who the hell's going to hire Sam Bradford and Brock Osweiler? It sure they shit ain't going to be 
So they, they have. They have hired worse, but I think hopefully these execs know now, like, hey, maybe we shouldn't pick guys that suck. But they still do, obviously. But like, you think about Sam Bradford and how boring he'd be in a booth. Like, I don't want Sam Bradford in the booth. Fuck that. Blake Bortles would be fun, though. He would. See, Bortles is one that you would. And Cam Newton is a guy that you need to have in any kind of setting. So, I think Blake Bortles resigns with the Rams as a backup. I mean, he's fine just chilling and doing nothing. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. I got drafted by the Jags. You know, I almost took him to the Super Bowl. I'm just chilling in my Tesla, packing heaters. And <laughs> But Cam Newton is like the one that I really only care about because I still think he can play. Yeah, uh, and I agree. He, who's to say that he can't go and play for the Broncos right now too and try to win Drew Locke's job? Who's to say that that can't happen? It could happen. I mean, they're, they invested a lot in Drew Locke. Um, they obviously improved their offensive line. They improved their whole offense. I mean, his weapons around him, you know, he has Jerry Judy. He has Cortland Sutton last year. They drafted another receiver. Um, his running back was Philip Lindsay, who was that undrafted stud. They also got, um, who's the guy from the Chargers? Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Gordon. Yep. So if you had to guess where Cam Newton's going, where is he going? I, I couldn't tell you. I actually couldn't tell you. I, I, I like I, – I really do like the Denver Broncos for him. I do. And that's not to say that I think he's going there, but I think he'd fit in there. Um, I think they could train him to, uh, to, to be really well. I think Elway would, uh, would, would love to have him over there. But it's so hard to say with all these guys because the, the history of – what the quarterback market has been like over the past couple of years has been weird. Right. So I don't know. I mean, there's also a gaping hole in the Patriots offense. It's not going to be addressed too, um, Mm. because they, they flat out said it's, it's Stidham. That's the guy and Hoyer as well. So, and then they're like, yeah, we're adding a third quarterback. Everyone has guys like this, like, Oh, they're going to get Osweiler. They're going to get Sam Bradford. They picked up the Michigan state quarterback. Uh, I can't say his last name, Brian Lemorky or whatever the hell his last name is, but it's tough. I don't have an answer. I don't. I, I think I want him to end up on the Broncos selfishly, but I think uh, I, I would be surprised if it happened. I have four picks. I have one where he can come in and be the starter. I have two where he'll be the backup, and I have a dark horse. My pick where I think he should go and the Steelers should revamp their offense around him Pittsburgh wow. has, the, has the weapons. You have Juju. You have James Conner. You have a great defense. I think Cam Newton can go in. They revamp their offense and make it a triple option threat. <laughs> and go around him. They have Eric Ebron as a tight end, too, who can do pretty decent. So I think the Steelers should really take a look into him. Pittsburgh's a, a very good team, and that's actually something I didn't really consider, too, because you, know, you, you factor in Big Ben's you're just getting old. I mean, they, they've – besides that, I think the more big issue in Pittsburgh, shout out Teddy – um, our boy, um, they don't have a quarterback solution. They really don't. They have, they've tried everything. Um, they were like, great. Mason Rudolph's a good replacement. Duck Hodges. Oh, cool. He's hunting background. He's a good guy. All this stuff. That's one of those like Jeremy Lin things that it's hot for a day. And then it's, or, you know, a couple of weeks and then like, they're not going to throw duck Hodges out there next year. I think that works well. If they train the guys how to run that offense, you have Juju, you have a bunch of offensive weapons, go for it. So my 
two teams that I think he could be a good backup in. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, because, you know, just similar style to Kyler Murray, um, that mobile quarterback. I think he could also be a good mentor, you could say, just from league experience 100%. to Kyler. Yeah. And then another one would also be the Buffalo Bills in the same aspect of another mobile quarterback where they could use a backup, they can use that experience, they can even throw him into the Wildcat. Um, you know, have that dual quarterback system. So those are two that I think could be realistic. My dark horses would be the Seahawks and the Ravens. Again, with mobile quarterbacks, playoff teams that could use the depth and also utilize him more than just a quarterback. That's interesting. Um, have you considered Cam Newton? You made a good point about Wildcat. Have you considered him becoming a wide receiver and going to the New England Patriots? <laughs> See, like, I don't pull know. A, uh, pull a whole prior kind of deal or a Braxton Miller? If he was younger, yes. If he <laughs> that was, was me being kidding, but I, I would actually love to hear your thoughts because I, I think that I, – I think it wouldn't be the – the worst thing in the world for him to do. But at this point in his career, there's, there's no way. Like, I would never, ever do that. He was a very talented quarterback. Weird guy, but talented quarterback. Um, very versatile. If he was younger and didn't have such an injury, injury history, and, you know, the Panthers just moved on to him, they're like, you know what, this isn't working. We're going to go sign someone else, like in Teddy Bridgewater. I would say, you know what, make the change and try to prove yourself. But because he's a little bit older, he has that injury history, and he is very stubborn and just wants to be a quarterback, might as well be a backup for a team that has a mobile quarterback that could get injured and you have your time to shine, or go to a team that, you know, has that veteran leader where you can learn behind. I mean, Jameis Winston is doing it smart. Teddy Bridgewater did the same thing. He went to the Saints. He performed. He went 5-0 and when Drew Brees got hurt. He earned his money after, you know, being injured his – almost his entire career with the Vikings and then going to the Jets and then heading down to uh, New Orleans. He has the opportunity to now be the starter for the Panthers. And Jameis Winston, you know, had his career with the Bucks. His time ran up, and now he's going to learn from his role model, Drew Brees, probably play a game or two. And then he's next year going to get like a three, four-year contract on some team that needs a quarterback. Yep. So – It'll be good stuff all, yeah, good stuff all around for the quarterbacks. Um, it, that's that's going to be something we're following too, quite obviously. But um, but yeah, um, bottom line from balls this week, I think is there's still a lot of decisions to be made. Um, <laughs> if they're made the wrong way, they're not going to go over well um, in terms of the sports coming back. That is, and there's still a lot to be had in the quarterback scene. So. Um, Good, good uh, stuff and balls today. Yes, and now we're going to head to our interview. This is, again, Board Brackets, Mark Dyer. All right, folks, we have Mark Dyer, founder of Board Brackets on Instagram, Bryant University, now alumni, so congratulations on graduating. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? You know, living day by day, we're just trying to stay sane during this quarantine, and you definitely found something to keep your time busy here. So for those of you who don't know, Board Brackets is an Instagram started by Mark, and the name kind of just explains itself. Obviously, you have those poll questions on Instagram stories where you can 
answer different things. And Mark kind of took a different twist to it. So Mark, tell us about how you came up with the idea and how it's grown from here. All right. So I want to preface this by saying I am a massive college basketball fan. So uh, during this quarantine, COVID obviously ended uh, the opportunity to watch March Madness this year. And it was the Thursday that the first round was supposed to tip off. And on my personal Instagram, I just decided I kind of miss brackets. So I decided to make a bracket of best office characters. <laughs> one round each day. And uh, that one worked out really well. A lot of people actually voted on it. Usually about like maybe 10% of people vote on Instagram stories by like 25, 30%. So that was really cool. But then that ended up growing and I decided to do, okay, the office one was good. Let me do like a Parks and Rec one. And then I just kept doing a few more categories and people absolutely loved them. So my friend actually convinced me, hey, you should like start a page where you just dedicate like to doing brackets and uh, ended up doing that at the end of March, beginning of April. And ever since then, uh, it's been pretty fun to run. So uh, basically you have one round every few hours. In the morning, I'll post the, uh, the category like best chocolate bar or something. So then it narrows down from 16 to eight to four to the final two. And uh, people just vote on it. And people can get pretty heated about some of the stuff that you would have never expected. Like there are people cussing each other out just basically on like best chocolate bar, uh, best national park, like literally just random stuff that you would never expect to have opinions on. People get heated about it. So it's kind of fun. So we, uh, this is very important before we move on. We must know what your college basketball team is too, because uh, for someone that is self-proclaiming that he's a college basketball fan, I, I need to hear your team. So obviously it was Brian's for a little bit. There you go. But, uh, go dogs, baby. Yeah, go dogs. But realistically, Michigan State has been my team ever since Oof. I was about seven years old. Okay. Uh, I've been a diehard Spartans fan ever since. And uh, this year could have been their year, but obviously we didn't get that chance. How do you feel that Denzel Valentine is probably double your age? I think he's probably like 50 now, right? Yeah, he, he's pretty old, but uh, I, I love that guy. Uh, we got robbed that year when we lost to Middle Tennessee State. Everything was looking good. Still, oh. still rough, yeah. It's incredible. Um, us, personally, we're Friars fans. Go okay. Friars. We, uh -huh. We're about a mile away from the dunk. We need to see PC basketball. We're trying to get Cooley on here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, fun side story. Um, yeah, awesome. Explain, uh, I mean, you just kind of threw that on your Instagram one day. It got some pretty good um, traction, as you just mentioned. What do you think was so, um, why'd you blow up so quickly? Was it just that people were bored and they wanted brackets, as your Instagram name suggests? Or was yeah. it something that you did or something that people liked? <clears throat> I think it's a combination of many different things. So mm -hmm. the first major uh, factor is that people are just bored on like Instagram and social media all the time during this quarantine. Like I honestly, I checked my, uh, my log to see how many hours I am spending a day on stuff. And I was spending more than triple than usual because there's literally nothing else to do. Uh, and so a lot of people like the opportunity was there because I had nothing to do. Other people had nothing to do. They just looked for something uh, to look forward to. And people really like voicing their opinions. I didn't realize that until like doing this, but people love to share, like people are passionate about like everything. 
Like you mentioned a topic, people are so passionate. Like tomorrow's Gatorade flavors, people are freaking out saying how like uh, it's like fruit punch versus orange and cool blue. Everyone is like on a team. And it's kind of cool just seeing how like people love to express all their opinions and values, which is kind of cool, especially about mundane things like that. Um, and then also uh, raising like, so this grew very, like a lot faster than I thought. I was one of those annoying guys. I was spamming barstool pages and stuff with comments, like self-promo stuff. But a lot of people messaged me saying, this is the only self-promo page I've ever followed. And I just wanted to get my name out there. Just wanted to make sure that like people saw what I'm doing. And obviously the more people I have voting, the better the results are. So the larger I get, uh, the better this page will do. And you're, I mean, like you mentioned, your social media has grown immensely. You know, you started at the end of March and now it's almost June and you're at over 17,000 followers, which followers, which is pretty incredible. And I mean, you're even getting, like you said, you know, people only normally vote like 10%, 20% of the time. Like you're getting votes like five, six, 7,000 people on crazy things, pizza toppings, Mario characters, all these like fun, different topics. And you've had a ton of brackets. So what have, what has been your favorite one so far? So I'd, I'd say there's two that have been my favorite. Uh, I'm a huge sports guy. So we did uh, best sports moments of the 2010s. Uh, I absolutely love that because uh, it was kind of just watching. Like it's like brings back all the nostalgia. We're all missing sports right now. It's kind of cool just going back and like saying, okay, which is better? Like LeBron's block versus this buzzer beater, stuff like that. It's just like a really cool one to relive. Like obviously we're all missing sports during this time. So that was a really fun one for me. Probably my favorite one, though, is we did uh, a fight bracket. So, like, who would win in a fight? And this was with U.S. presidents. That was probably my favorite one by far. It was people just, like, debating, like, who would win in a fight? Andrew Jackson versus George Washington, Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> versus Abraham Lincoln. And I'd put their height, their weight, and, like, an interesting fact about them, like, that they played, like, football. Abraham Lincoln was uh, 299-1 and in his wrestling career and is in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, just like stuff like that kind of like it like you would never expect to debate which president would win in a fight and it was really fun so yeah that one probably i know i was riding i was riding on teddy roosevelt I was <laughs> he came just short oh. yeah out of pure curiosity i'm wondering you must have included that trump um is in the wwe hall of fame as it stands i don't think they stripped it from him but i i how how many rounds did trump make it so uh, actually, I decided to keep all presidents in the 21st century out of it just to avoid political talk. I'm not a very political person, and I really did not want this page to be political. Uh, so I kind of avoided that, but uh, he probably could have gone a little distance, yeah. <laughs> so That's awesome. obviously, you know, this has grown so quickly. How do you continue to like manage and grow this? So I have a new strategy that I'm trying to work out is I actually have been like uh, collaborating with a lot of pages and doing brackets for them. So uh, there's this page WTW Mass, what's the word Mass? Uh, they have about 185,000 followers and it's just all Massachusetts kids. Uh, like It's like a barstool account for Massachusetts. And I did best colleges for them. So I did like best D3 colleges, best D2, best D1. And every time they would just announce like, oh, go follow board brackets uh, if you like doing stuff like this. And I gained over a thousand followers in a day after doing that my first time. 
So that was like, it was amazing. I'd like go eat dinner. I like literally every single notification was, oh, this person followed you, this person followed you. And so kind of co-branding is what I want to do. Like I want to go to like, let's say like a Taylor Swift fan page, best Taylor Swift song, stuff like that. And then at the end, people could just click on the story. Oh, board brackets. Oh, they just do a ton of random stuff like this. I'll give them a follow. So kind of, that's my new strategy and it's been working out well. That's awesome. And I, I think that's kind of leads into our next question. The answer is obviously going to be yes, but it's, will this continue after quarantine? Um, we're kind of wondering when you're out here, you know, trying to live your life in a couple of months and, you know, you're trying to balance a job or whatever it is with, um, you know, making sure that uh, people's taco preferences are, you know, accurately kept on an Instagram page. It's probably going to be tough. Um, but it seems like, uh, you know, you, you have a nice strategy in place to, to kind of make the right uh, co-branding moves and, um, you know, just to get the name out a little bit more. Yeah, like I definitely, uh, so in two months, I'm starting a full-time job with Frito-Lay and that's going to take up a lot of my time. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out ways how to automate this. Uh, a lot of people have actually even offered like free help. Like if I ever need help for a day, like they'll just like post the stuff for me. I haven't done that yet, but like people really love this topic. Like I've never expected like so much support for a page like this, which is really cool. I'm not a huge person on Instagram. Like I don't really like do too much on my social media, but like, so this is all like my first time like experiencing like how everything on Instagram works. But a lot of people, I definitely want to keep this going after quarantine, but I just need to figure out the best way to do it, which I, I have two months to figure that out. So I definitely want to keep this going after quarantine though, because there's so many topics to do and yeah. So what topics do you have upcoming that, you know, you're really excited for? Because every time I look at your page and you keep posting, like the topics just keep getting better and better where I'm like, oh, I actually have an opinion on that. Or like, oh, I, I'm curious to see, like I DM'd you for the pizza one because like, I'm not a big pineapple and pizza person, but I just wanted to see how far that was going to ride. And it, it did like fairly well. I was kind of surprised. Like there was a lot of support with that. So what do you have in the future pipeline? So this Sunday, uh, so every Wednesday and Sunday, we do a 32 bracket instead of a 16 bracket. And this Sunday, it might be the best one yet. It is best movie franchise. Ooh. So I'm really looking forward to that. So we're going to have like Star Wars, Jurassic Park, uh, all the Marvel stuff. That one's going to be really good. Who do you think is the uh, favorite to win that? And who's the dark horse? So... I'd say the favorite right now, probably one of the top two seeds, it's Star Wars and Marvel. Those two, uh, I could easily see either of those winning just because they have such a culture behind them. Uh, a sleeper, this one's probably going to be a, a pretty low seed. Uh, there's a lot of the comedy ones. So like American Pie, I feel like, can, like that can capture some of the audience. Uh, oh, 100%. We, we love, love American Pie. American this pie. Yeah, this podcast is a big fan of American Pie. Yeah, so something like that, uh, the scary movie franchise, uh, stuff like that could do really well. The Dark Knight could be a, a sleeper. Uh, honestly, there's so many good ones, you can't really go wrong with any of these. Awesome. We're really looking forward to that. So to close out, we kind of made uh, a bracket based off of our podcast. So obviously our three components are beers, business, and balls. So we kind of wanted to go run it by you to see what your choices were. So I'll start with the beer and I'll start with you know I'll name the seeds and then we'll go from there okay so the first the one seed for beer is Bud Light and the eight seed is Keystone what are you choosing 
Uh, I would go Bud Light. Keystone is just not my thing. <laughs> All right. We're good. We've uh, had no upsets, and you picked as you should have. Good work. <laughs> there we go. The two seed is Coors, and the seven is Yingling. I am a big Coors fan, so I will go with Coors. I'd say that would be my one seed. There we go. Uh, three is Bud Heavy. Six is Natty. Hmm. Uh, so, technically, Bud Heavy would be, like, it's the better beer, but I would probably choose Natty because I'm not a – I'm a big light beer drinker, so I'd probably go with Natty. Upset, yeah. Wow, there's the upset. And then <laughs> four is Miller, five is Corona. Oh, I, I can't pick Corona in this. <laughs> Corona is out. Okay, so. If only. Those are the words we've been dying to hear. Corona yeah. is out. <laughs> All right, so one is Bud Light and six is Natty. Uh, I'm going to go with Bud Light. All right, we got Bud Light. And then two is Coors and four is Miller. Uh, yeah, Coors. Coors. <sighs> Miller's probably my second favorite, though. There we go. So now it's Coors versus Bud Light. Uh, I'm riding with Coors to the championship. There we go. The two seed takes it for beers. We made a promise to all of our listeners. If you have ride and died with us for this whole podcast, you know we don't support the Bud Light shit. <laughs> we don't support the Bud Light shit. Coors wins. Done. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I know. I was just, I was doing um, some plumbing work today in our own house. We had a water heater go out and uh, me and my dad at the end of the day were just like, oh, let's crack open a beer. And the blue, the Rockies were blue and the Coors were calling. So I'm all there in on go. the <laughs> Love that. All right. So next we have business. And it's kind of a little like mosh posh of everything, but we'll run it through. So uh, the one seed is Apple, and the eight is Spotify. Uh, you got to go with Apple. They've yeah. been around doing everything right. Yeah, I got to go with Apple. Uh, two is Barstool, and seven is Twitter. Ooh, that one's tough, but I I've been a big Barstool fan, especially over quarantine, so probably Barstool. Three is Tesla, and six is Walmart. Ooh, that that's like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, right? that, one, that one's a <laughs> random. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, but Walmart is a tough six seed right there. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough draw. And then four is Google, five is Facebook. Oh, <laughs> uh, pro probably Google, Google. There we go. Yeah. So Apple versus Google. I'm going to go with Google. They do literally everything. The it's four seed takes the upset. And then Barstool versus Tesla. Another apples versus oranges. <laughs> um, so Possible running mates in 2024. The best thing about like, these brackets is sometimes just comparing the most random things to each other just to see what people think, which I love. But I'm going to go with – I'll go with Barstool. Barstool? Yeah. You make a great point. That, that I think that's the only bracket of businesses where two future running mates will be against each other like that's <laughs> yeah. that's so funny and before we move on to the final for that you do make up a good point because i love the bracket you do where you take the winners of all the brackets and just like run them through it was like mario versus like chocolate chip pancakes and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like pepperoni pizza versus like like drake or something like that it was just like and those like those were getting heated 
Those yep. were getting heated. One of the best ones uh, in that. So it's like every uh, 16 days I do the winner's bracket with all the 16 previous winners. And my favorite matchup was Abe Lincoln versus a glazed donut. And people <laughs> were just getting heated about that because uh, glazed donut absolutely demolished him. Which He's like the guy that like abolished slavery. He is just like <laughs> one of the best presidents of all time versus a glazed donut. Like, does that just speak to like how we are as people? Yes, it does. <laughs> Freaky crazy, man. All right, so we have the two-seated bar stool and the four at Google. I'm going to go with Google. I, I've there been a big Google fan. They do everything so well. They literally do everything. They almost control our lives. So, yeah. That is true. And then the next one for the ball. So, like, um, I'm a New York fan. You're a well-known New England fan. And then Jake's kind of like a mix of both. Okay. So we kind of rank these um, kind of just – not trying to be biased, but like kind of being realistic. So we'll start with the one seed and the eight seed. So the one is Yanks and the eights are Knicks. Okay. So is this like who I, who I like more or is this who I think is just a better team, like a better organization? I think this is probably the, the better, more, uh, the, the better organization, I guess, but not okay. necessarily ranked on fandom. You can sprinkle it in for sure. But, so consider like past success. Like, yeah, I, I think so. Will's yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah. If that's what you're yeah, thinking. That's I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obviously, I'm I'm a huge Red Sox fan, but Yankees over the Knicks easily because the Knicks have just been, especially in my lifetime, they have been absolutely terrible. Dumpster you don't have to tell fire. us twice. Yeah. Dumpster <laughs> fire. So the two seed is Red Sox and the seven is Islanders. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a much bigger Red Sox fan than a hockey fan in general, so I, I'd probably go with the Red Sox. This will be a tough one. Well, maybe not, but three is Pats and six are Bruins. Oh, hmm. I don't like, think it's as tough as it sounds. I, I, really I don't, don't think it's like I, I'm personally like a huge football fan, so like, oh, I'd probably choose the Patriots, even though this year might be a little bit of a wash. Uh, hopefully we tank for Trevor Lawrence. That's my <laughs> that's my opinion. I don't tank want for to Trevor, baby. Yep, exactly. So I'd go with the Patriots over the Bruins, even though I love the Bruins. Uh, four Celtics and five Giants. Okay, well that that's easy. I'm going Celtics all day long. <laughs> Ever since the the Giants beat us twice in the Super Bowl, I just have a sour taste in my mouth. So we'll do Yanks at one, Celtics at four. Oh. Like those so are two those, historic. Those are two historic organizations. The Yankees and Celtics. Wow. Yeah, that's two most winning as franchises in their respective sports. Uh, like I'm a Boston fan. I love the Celtics. Yankees have 27 rings. Celtics have like 17. I would probably go unbiased. I would go. Actually, I'd go Celtics just because they have they have more championships over like the course like they started like in the fifties where the Yankees started in the early nineteen hundreds. So true. That's a tough one though. You could go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're disappointed, but yeah. <laughs> um, two Red Sox, three Pats. I I gotta go with the Patriots. I love my Red Sox, but ugh, I I just love the Patriots more. So, Pat Celtics. I, I think the Celtics are probably the better franchise as a whole, just considering how much, like, history they have. Uh, they, they grew the sport into what it is. Like, it, they have been amazing throughout the, their entire franchise. Like, the Patriots weren't even good until uh, about 2000, so. 
There we go. And then just to close it off, so the Coors is a two seed that won, Google is a four seed that won, and the Celtics are a four seed that won. So we'll give the Coors the first round bye. That's fair. So Google versus Celtics. Oh, I, I was not expecting this. Okay. Hmm. Google versus Celtics. I, I'd have to go Google. Yeah. <laughs> like – but then you have a championship of Google versus Coors Light. Like, I, I think that's a, that's a shoo-in for Google, no? Yeah, I do love my upsets, but I, I think I'd have to go with Google. They Google. just literally do everything for us. Like, they, I, yeah, I have to go with Google. The four over the two, Google beats out Coors Light in the first annual Beers, Business, and Balls board bracket. You heard it here first from Mark Dyer himself. Love it. Wow, that's incredible. Um, <laughs> who would have thought Google versus Coors Light in the first? I, I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I think the next time we do this, Mark, we're going to have to have you back on and we'll do like, because we did the, the shitty beers to start. We'll have to like progress into some, you know, some of the craft beers that we talk about every week and then maybe we'll dive into a certain area of business and a certain area of sport, uh, sports, but... This was awesome. so fun. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I know our listeners are going to love it. Um, what, uh, where can our listeners find you and how can uh, they get involved on social media? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm only on Instagram. It's at board brackets, board as in like your board. Uh, and just like you don't even need to follow, but just go on there. Literally just vote on my story. Uh, you'll see yesterday's and today's polls and just if you enjoy it, feel free because it, it's just a great thing. You get passionate over little things. It gives you something to look forward to every few hours too if you're absolutely bored out of your mind. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. So uh, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully you can get some sunshine and enjoy the nice weather. And we'll definitely have you on in the future. So thanks again, Mark. All right, awesome. Thank you for having me. Take care, man. Stay safe. All right, sounds good. Bye. All right, that was Mark Dyer from Board Brackets. Check them out on Instagram, uh, at Board Brackets. They're doing a lot of fun stuff. That's a cool interview. Um, he's got a cool concept, and um, yeah, Mark's a good guy. Um, positivity Corner. Uh, usually it's been Will leading this, and I was able to dig something up because there's, uh, if you could believe it, there's jack shit for positive news lately. <laughs> so we scoured the internet trying to find something uh, not coronavirus-related. Um, let's go out to Bloomington, Bloomington, Illinois, uh, B strong gym, uh, owned by a guy named Drew Witted, I think it is. Um, he basically, uh, was struggling in his gym. Um, obviously when there's no one coming to the gym, it kind of sucks to make any money because no one's paying for their membership. So rather than, uh, invite people in too quickly or anything like that, what he decided to do was lend them out almost four, uh, 40 grand worth of his equipment to use at home free of charge. He said, now I see a whole family getting through the shelter in place and getting through this tough time doing this together, these workouts, bonding together, becoming healthier and happier as a family. I thought that was really cool, Will. Um, you know, a gym owner handing over his equipment saying, get better and uh, we'll be here for you when you come back. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, my older sister owns a gym and she's been doing Zoom classes, um, just trying to get people active and, you know, try to help them keep their sanity while staying indoors and stuff. So 
you know, I pray out to all those business owners, especially in the gym industry, because I mean, I miss the gym personally. Yep. I'm, you know, you can only do push-ups and run as much as you can. You don't have any equipment. So, you know, good for Drew. Shout out to him. Great story. And that is our Positivity Corner this week. Good stuff. That is episode seven. Um, like us on or follow us on Instagram. You can like all our shit there. The.bbb.podcast the underscore dot BBB underscore podcast on Twitter. Shoot us a DM. If you, uh, you know, have suggestions or you want to weigh in, we're here for you. We'll have the conversation with, uh, with you guys. Thanks for listening. As always We've got a killer guest for next week, as Will said earlier. Um, that is all that's Will. I'm Jake. So long folks. Take it easy. Thank you.